Some films are mediocre Some films aren't good or bad Some films won't win an Oscar Globe, BAFTA, or a SAG You like those flicks? Come get your fix In a podcast called Mixed Bag Kia ora! Welcome to Mixed Bag Where we review the mixed, muddled, meh, and mediocre movies of film history it's Ricky. It's Ricky, Ricky, Ricky. No, my name is Matt. I'm Cassandra. And I'm James. And I will also be playing the role of Flash today. I'm, I'm Antha, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's a combined effort. Team yeah. effort. If, if you haven't guessed, um, we are going to be reviewing the movie Ricky and the Flash. Do we review? Is that what we do on this show? We no, we, we, we'll talk about yeah, it. You know. We'll discuss the um, topic of discussion. I guess we do technically review. We open the bag. Yeah. yeah. Because we do make a judgment call at the We do make judgments. It's true. We, give yeah. it, we don't give it a stars, but, you know, we, mm. we, 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 yeah. we really need to go back and look at the stuff that we have bagged and buffed, we need to like make oh, an Excel yeah. spreadsheet. If you're, if you're a big fan of the show and you'd like to do that in your spare time, like, <laughs> yeah, just that'd be great. It Thank all. you. And if uh, not, one of us will do it eventually. One so. of us will have to do it, and we'll be so many films down the track by then. It's going to be a huge chore. Yeah. So what's been going on? How's everyone doing? Good. Um, I'm really tired, and I've been very busy. You guys have a lot of big news. Yeah. 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 So we've got. Um, what do you want to talk about our show that's coming up? Yeah, cool. Um, so we have a show that we've been creating called Apocalypse Songs um, that Cassandra wrote and stars in and I'm directing. Um, and that is going to be coming out on the uh, 4th of July on Radioactive in the Caffeine and Aspirin slot uh, between 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. We'll yeah, they haven't the told us date. it's not three hours long, but it's, not, it's <laughs> Good. like 30 minutes long. I'll be releasing fireworks. <laughs> uh, and then it'll be dropping on uh, the Apocalypse Songs feed. We scored that name. No other yep. podcast is called Apocalypse yes. Songs. You should have a countdown, like an Apocalypse timer. <laughs> yeah. Just like counting down to the day. Yeah, fuck the doomsday clock. Yeah. Mm. Welcome to the um, Apocalypse. So that's going to be on 5th of July. So if if you're a big podcast fan and you want to have a listen to that, um, you should subscribe to that now. Yeah, so the feed is up and available. You can hear us two goofballs chatting about the process, basically just a 30-second kind of We're just, we, um, just literally saying, hi, you've reached the right place. Yeah, are See we, we, <laughs> we going to be um, dropping an episode in this yes, feed? Yes, uh, we're planning on dropping episode one in this feed. So if you see it in the feed, uh, that's us giving you a little taster slash promotion slash trying to get you to listen to the whole thing. It's a five-episode series, so if you're like, ah... I don't want to listen to fiction podcasts. They just go yeah. on. They're so long. Then this is five episodes. Yeah, so because you get it done really fast. Because you're listening to a podcast right now, we'll let you in on a little secret. There are going to be like some additions on that podcast feed. We're going to have some special you. podcast extras Ooh. just for the podcast listeners. There you go. Yeah, I'm going to give you a taste. Yeah. Mm. And we also are moving into a new place. So, so is this the last time we're going to be recording? I, in I this think space? this may be, if, if not the last, the second to last time that we'll be recording in this flat the um, the studio. Yeah. Uh, because we'll be moving to another space which will be much more comfortable. Um, for those of you that haven't come and uh, guest out on this podcast, like many of our audience have, because yeah. it's a small audience, um, generally what we've been doing to watch our films is either watching on James's television, which is like quite high up on a wall, and we kind of have to sit in some dining chairs and you, lean back. I love how you recuse ownership of oh, the yeah, television. This is, this is it James. is James's television. It was monitor. not. It was not. <laughs> 
any of our decisions. It's on his desk. It's in his office space. Yeah. yeah. Um, or we have it on like a projection on top of our bed because there's no other place to, um, yeah, to sit and watch other than like recording in our bedroom. So it's going to be really nice to have, you know, places to go in our house that yeah, are no longer rooms. our bedroom. Space. Yeah. Space. Mm. You know? It's going to be, I'm very looking forward to it. So that's kind of what's what's new, what's the news yeah. from us. Yeah, yeah, nice. How about you, Matt? Oh, you know, you, uh, yeah, I've been, <laughs> I've been good. <laughs> Your boy has been very twirly. He's been a little bit of a mess, but you know, I'm just going to own it. <laughs> I can't do king shit all the time, okay? Like It's its own kind of king shit, right? I think so. Well, you know, at this point, I'm just like, you know what? Just own it. What else are you going to do? And what else are you going to do but listen to us talk about Pop Corner right now? Pop, 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 pop corner. So I have absolutely nothing to offer on the Pop Corner today, I think. Um, just looking back through my last couple of weeks and I have been pretty much just working, um, which it's the end of the university term where yeah. I am teaching at the moment. So I've been focused on that. Um, so what I can pitch to people to, um, have a watch, have a listen to is to look at the uh, production of three sisters that I co-directed for Victoria university yeah. for our third year students. Buble Buble um, production. <laughs> yeah. So it's bubbleboundproductions.com, which is the production company that they made. Um, and yeah, I'm just really proud of them. They sort of, uh, had to come together to make a show in level four lockdown conditions, um, which is well, pretty crazy. It's a lot of work. Oh, three um, sisters. I was like, what is the show? And yeah, so, <laughs> it, and it is a show which is three sisters by anton chekhov the classic but yeah um, is it not the third sister act though it is not the, the third three sisters sister act, unfortunately no and yeah i i have checked it out uh there is um really great performances all the way through there's really great cinematography they've done um this cool kind of feature of using a monochrome kind of um yeah which they all uh, they figured style, it all out themselves except for like a little pop of color here and there and there's yeah. a great oh. sound design through it as well great sound design got a student composer in there who just composed like 20 tracks during the process and then just kept making more of them and we kept being okay, like okay king just so like many, leave so everyone else music. in the dust yeah, yeah I just like drop even, 20 tracks doesn't even study music. <laughs> no it's thing. just a hobby. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. does that as well. Although when you said monochrome with a pop of color, the first thing that popped out of my head was Schindler's List. And I was like, I don't know if they're doing that. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the um, siren but, that was went past. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, Cass has been creating culture yeah, instead of consuming basically. it. Mm, so that's, that's all I got to offer in the pop corner world. Yeah. Um, what about you guys? Uh, I have a little bit of uh, news. Um, so What um, is this? <laughs> my... Okay. Are you pregnant? My, uh, I've, I, I, I pulled some strings. What and um, actually, um, one of my favorite films of all time, I've managed to get them to do a third movie. It's, it's in talks. <laughs> oh, right. Moment. I see. Okay. Um, and right. so I'm very proud to announce that my, I have a, a new child coming by the name of Mamma Mia 3. Um, <laughs> if uh, it's not Papa Pia, I'm not interested. <laughs> Mamma Mia 3, Papa Pia. <laughs> yeah. as, we, as you guys know. Uh, Abba B. <laughs> I haven't even, I, I saw the, the news on it. I haven't even read the articles because I don't want to know anything about it. I just want to go in and experience whatever the hell it is. As executive producer, James yes. is going to be a little bit hands off, but he is instrumental in making, it, making this happen. So, so that's great news. But I have some very unfortunate news as well because um, one of our favourite, well, mate, one of your favourite performers, unfortunately has made a very 
strange decision with his career. Who's and this? So I'm very sad to announce this, but I'm just going to play it. And probably okay, in the podcast, right. I'm going to overlay it with the proper audio. But, surprising. Um, yeah, I just want you to listen to this. And um, and his, 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 his role in this, his heroic role in this, that is not oh, something okay, that is widely known, certainly not something that I knew uh, anything about before seeing the film. Um, here's a quick clip. Why are we here? Fighting a war we can't win when we could be taking orphan children to another country before the Nazis get to them. I can't leave now. But what, what can we truly accomplish? I can fight. <laughs> we found homes for the children, safe places. No place is safe for them as long as they're in a country that's occupied by Nazis. <laughs> fighting that we, can do. we can slow them down and we can make it impossible for them in France. There's no way he's French, Bart. There's no way that's is, French. Is that him doing myself myself? Yes, this is Jesse Eisenberg. King shit. Oh no. <laughs> so, oh no, Jesse. Yeah, so <laughs> oh, um the story that it's based on is very you know, it's a great story by... Who is the accent coach on this film? Let's hear like I can see it. But like I can't hear it. I cannot you know? like, hear I can't it. I cannot hear, hear it in that clip. No. Um, so I, look, as I say, we can't do king shit all the time. <laughs> Sometimes you got to be a bit messy. <laughs> and shout out to um, uh, Wittertainment with Modern Man for yeah, providing that piece of audio. We did not ask them. <laughs> like that. But um, you know, but, yeah. they're, they're, they're one of the most popular podcasts in the world. And one final thing, I've been watching Avatar The Last Airbender. It's no great surprise, it's great. It's um, good. I Yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah. It's not like, to me, I do really enjoy Avatar, but like, if you're watching Avatar and you're praising it a lot, I'm just like, just watch the anim- like actual anime, which I think is like really good. Wait, <laughs> like, what do you, I, that's what I was meaning. Do you mean- no, it's about like Avatar The Last Airbender isn't anime, it's... Do you mean watch... An, an actual anime, yeah. rather oh, than an the actual, actual anime. anime of Last Yes, Avenger, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that's what right. I mean. Yeah, yeah I'm not praising I, the M Night. No, I, I love that you're you're diving into this, and I do really like this series. But also, to me, it kind of reads a little juvenile, a little bit. It is a kids. It's a kids. Yeah, series. that's true. I know. It's for kids. That's true. I think, I think the first season is quite juvenile, and then it gets into like some weird, complicated, it does. like ideas um, around war and and like, I, I did rewatch most of it when it popped up on Netflix. Yeah, it's still there. I do really enjoy. It, but also, um, there's, there's been some great stories about um, uh, there's there's the city of Basingstoke that like wants to pretend that like nothing is wrong and they have this absolute kind of control and the kind of mind wiping people. This is the second season. There's a great story about Appa, which is their flying bison oh, that gets like Appa, captured yeah. by the circus and try by this firebender that like tries to make it do tricks and it breaks away. Um, I'm surprised hear, if most of our audience has not already seen. Yeah, it, exactly. no, totally. But these some stories. people have, but here. Yeah. Just, I mean, I haven't watched all of these, but there's also like a lot of really good anime on Netflix. Like totally, mm-hmm. yeah, and like um, Full Metal Alchemist and Neo and Genesis Evangelion is there, and and all that stuff, which I <laughs> have not seen either of those. So I have to like get on it. Yeah, I think it's my a good... problem with Full Metal Alchemist yeah. is that he's not fully metal. He's no. actually only like half gotcha. metal. Yeah, yeah. and this know, has been an issue I've had yeah, since I was a teen yeah. when somebody first mm. explained the premise of this. I've never seen it, but I'm like, he's yeah. only a bit metal. I think it's a good gateway into anime. Like yeah. and then you can dive into stuff like like Death Note and stuff like Death that. Death Note is pretty good. Um, and you know people are addicted to like Bleach and Look, whatnot. But. If there is an anime that you maybe not have not heard of that's really good on Netflix, watch Code Geass. It's like a better version of Death Note. Oh, that came out pretty recently, right? 
No, that was like no. ages oh. ago. What's the latest one with like the lizard head on his on his head? I started I watching know. that. I don't very know what that up. is, but I am interested. Yeah. Um, uh, and my favorite anime is Cowboy Bebop. Like it just is is can't compare. Yeah. Like one of the best pieces of art that's ever been. They're trying to still make that conceived. With, um, is it Keanu? I think they were wanting. Oh, too old. Mm. Yeah. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is also g- getting into the too old category for that character now as well. Mm. Oh, is he considered? Yeah. Oh. Um, one final anime shout out is Akira with some just like fucked up visuals. It's amazing. Oh yeah, and also all the Studio Ghibli films are on Netflix. Yeah. Except for Grave of the Fireflies, which is why is it not there? I don't know. Yeah. It's. Does that come under the? Yeah. Yeah, that's made by of, Ghibli. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but like. I maybe yeah. associate anime in terms of like long form storytelling. With it's like still like anime is Akira just is animated, so, yeah, but it's yeah. Japanese. <laughs> like right. It's not yeah. really like a rule about what is what, what counts and what yeah. doesn't. Right, it just comes from Japan. An anime that I have no idea if you can still find anywhere because I have not watched it for a good 10 years is Azumanga Dayo, which I love. Yeah. It's great. It's so fun. Also, it's when I have cute. a bad day, I just watch a few episodes of Case Closed slash Detective <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the few manga that I read in Japanese when I lived in Japan. Oh, cool, because, yeah. Because like, I, I found some in a... Um, just in a bookstore yeah. and got it and was like, this is simple enough that I can yeah. sort of translate it. Or and at least like, I kind of know what's happening. It's like solving <laughs> mysteries. I and get, it's just, yeah, yeah, my classic mystery. mystery and also head. it never ends. So who knows? Yeah. But yes, The Last Airbender, Avatar, the animated one. Yes. Good show. Yeah. Yes. And it's not technically yes. anime um, in terms of that one. But no. um, the team a, have done show. their it's research good. and it's grounded in um, Chinese also, and Japanese if mythology. You, if you're a fan of that, you should check out. There's a great picture on Twitter of this very small chubby child dressed as Aang that's oh, been yes, going I around saw recently that. where he has like oh, the parents I have made him. him a I'm assuming the parents made him this yeah. um, a little like bald cap with a crocheted mm. bald cap to match his skin tone with the little arrow on it to cover his hair yeah. and it, it it's incredibly beautiful <laughs> how about you Matt uh, I have not yeah watched I was it's my first day back first day first week back in the office so I haven't had a lot of free time to kind of just like de-stress and and watch a lot of pop culture I guess the ones that I have seen I I mean (laughs) RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 5 has started so it's just a never-ending I've been seeing this on Twitter and have had just no compulsion to watch it oh yeah I mean yeah (laughs) Yeah, we've fully dropped off All-Stars is kind of messy but they've changed the rules up so it's like exciting to me again uh, I do have to suffer seeing Miss Cracker through my TV again, so that's a big downside. Uh, but Shekule uh, should win, and uh, Stan V. That's all I. That's all I'm gonna say about that. But I guess the big one that I kind of want to talk about is I watched um, the the latest Spike Lee joint, The Five Bloods, which is on Netflix. It is two hours and thirty five minutes. Yeah, I'm about halfway through. I am. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think so far? I don't know. No, uh, I'd be curious to hear what you think. I, it's not the easiest film to get into, but I think it is a lot more powerful than Black Klansman, and I think it might be my favorite film released this year, other than maybe Emma, but also that's like more easily likable and more attuned to my sensibilities. Like It's it's so much easier to love that because it's so fluffy and light and... Um, yeah, but but the Five Bloods is because um, like the first hour is like what is happening here? What's um, what's happening? Uh, it's a bit messy, but also so am I. So, <laughs> but when we get to the second half of the film, I think it it becomes really like 
Shakespearean and uh, like it's like so galvanizing and ambitious and I guess um, it's like Spike Lee answering like 50 plus years of like white Vietnam war movies in two and a half hours which can be a lot but I think the cumulative power of that the anger coming out of it and just there is a character who is a black man who is a Trump supporter in it and it's just like just a lot of these characters who we don't normally see in um in film and I'm just like it just goes to show how how vital his voice is now more than ever mm. and how it's great that he's finally like I get it's been been given the second win between this and Chirac and Black Klansman that we um, are exalting Spike Lee again because th- there was a time in like the mid two thousands where he was making some questionable totally. I mean, even stuff, Chirac, like, like, he hadn't like fully people he, hadn't given yeah. Him the so back. he was, was totally doing stuff like Old Boy and and the Old Boy remake and um, which I haven't seen, but I'm just like I feel like this isn't the stuff that like you should be doing because I don't know like he needed to make money or he just wanted to do that, but. Um, no, it's it's I like it, and Delroy Lindo is is uh, great in it. Um, cool. I'm yeah. in that like um, hour way through that kind of messy kind of section, so I can't mm. really speak on the film much. But um, I will never be bored by a Spike Lee film. Like he's always such a fascinating filmmaker. He's one of the greats. Like Scorsese, you know, like he just totally knows what he's doing, um, and yeah. So I'm keen to see the second half and and see what I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's me. I mean, I yeah, I have as I've said, I've I've been busy. And uh yeah, I I haven't really uh like I guess most of the time that I've spent away from work has been catching up with friends and stuff. So I haven't really been delving into pop culture. But we are going to be delving into some pop and maybe some culture with Ricky and the Flash. <laughs> Oh, I see where you're going. I thought this was another segue, like <laughs> into the name of the shot, name of the segment. What do we call the segment? Feature presentation. Feature presentation. There we go. <laughs> that was a better segue. I just like the you can hear like if you listen closely, you could have heard the whispering of the coworkers as they yeah yeah. <laughs> so we are coworkers. <laughs> the coworkers. Well, I mean you're. Hey, that's you're, a trigger for we me. Are co- we actually colleagues. You're all colleagues. Colleagues. Um, we're actually all I colleagues on me. Can actually call you. Um, <laughs> this is an end joke that. Uh, yeah, recently, well, because we just got this new uh, new flat for moving house, we had to apply for character references, and it asked us to not include family or friends, and I'm like who can I get to write something nice about me that's not my friend? Or like, I'm like, I work freelance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who was supposed to talk about this? Friends with all so I just put down friends and just titled them as colleague. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah. you know, they are my colleagues they as do, well. Because we you work, work on with projects them. together. Absolutely. They're yeah. just also my friends. And I just Happen found this, to be a this, friend. this guy that I just met for the first time called Lucas. And I thought, <laughs> hey, do you want to... No, I don't think he likes that bit anymore. <laughs> also, that's not that your bit. bit. I know. I was trying to take up the bit, steal the bit. Uh, um, so this theft. is Ricky and the Flash. Um, which... I apologize for that bit on behalf of James. <laughs> <laughs> A 19, no, not 19, 2015 film. Where was I going with 19? How was I going to get out of that one? Um, by Jonathan Demme. Um, and this is one of the 
films that came up when we came up with the concept of mixed bag of like, oh my god, that Ricky in the Flash, because it's just like a completely forgotten film. Yeah, this is like in the middle of like, I guess Meryl Streep as a movie star is just like one of the films that wasn't quite an Oscar vehicle but also wasn't quite a commercial vehicle for her yeah. so it's just one of those things that got caught up in in the Meryl Streep filmography and that yeah. you kind of forgot and, and slipped through the cracks it's interesting because like uh, so this is written by Diablo Cody and like there's like major like tentpole like people involved with yeah it. so Demi's still like uh, a pretty prominent director Diablo Cody is one of the few screenwriters with name recognition I, I would say like, and of course Meryl like a yeah. Meryl film yeah. and so like there's a lot of very bold flavorful ingredients going into this yeah. stew does that mean they will all work together in harmony who's to say who's to say yeah no we should we should get into our, um, our background so before Jay- we start digging in yeah um, James has volunteered to try to summarize the f- plot of the film. In yeah, well, in a flash. That, does in anyone flash. have any background with this film? I don't. No. Uh, I've heard of this film and thought, huh. <laughs> that, and I had no feelings about it. And when we mentioned it would be mixed, I was like, seems pretty mixed to me. Yeah. Uh, and that's not, not, not anything, um, yeah, not anything like deep or anything. I just knew it was like a Meryl Streep movie where she played a rock star. Yeah, that's and, the extent of my knowledge as well. Yeah, and um, Audra McDonald is in it. And it came and went. And I thought it was like, obviously with every Meryl Streep film, you're going to be like, oh, this is going to be a big deal. But it was just there. Yeah. Gone in a flash. <laughs> So I'm going to try and describe this film in a minute with our, our major, major, regular um, segment movie in a minute. Um, but <laughs> It I, is a major segment. Major it's segment. a huge yeah. part but of this podcast. I apologise. I'm not great on the location, so I'll just say the events, but I may not hey, give specifics. No, that's Speak right. your truth. Okay. Speak your truth. Do your best, James. All right. You've got three, two, one. Okay, so uh, Ricky plays with a band called The Flash and they play at this regular um, bar where um, uh, they have a a Ben Platt uh, bartender who, like, loves and celebrates them. They're kind of like a um, a Fleetwood Mac kind of... uh, kind of vibe uh, rock band, Uh, but they've seen better days. She's like a Stevie Nicks type, right? Um, And uh, anyway, she gets a call from Kevin Kline. Um, She's having an on-again, off-again relationship with her um, other player. 30 seconds ago. Um, And so (laughs) Kevin Kline calls up and he says that uh, his daughter um, is very depressed and has attempted suicide. She comes and she has gotten out of a really bad uh, um, uh, breakup. Um, uh, uh, She was married to someone and then uh, then she just hangs out with her for a bit and then she, uh, all of her sons um, hate her as well and then she goes back and then feels sad and then gets together with that guy and then she gets invited to her son's wedding play by Sebastian Stan and then they play some songs. Okay. (laughs) So we need some teasing out. Let's let's, let's, let's have a little discussion of that. The majority of that, quite accurate. Here's what I say. There was some pronoun confusion in there, I will say, in terms of... What was my pronoun? Well, you were just saying everybody was she, which means that it's quite confusing to know whether you're talking about oh, Ricky sure. or Julie, oh, Ricky's sure. daughter, which oh, I don't sure. know if you also made clear. Yeah. No, I never said <laughs> Julie. All of those things definitely happen in the film. All those things do happen yeah, in the film. Yeah, and it's kind of emblematic of how this film runs, <laughs> where it's like, oh, she's there for a bit, and she goes away, and then she's back. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, we've got um, our ageing rock star, Ricky, yeah. real name Linda. Yeah, Ricky Rendazzo. <laughs> yeah, his real name's Linda Brummel. Yeah, so she's, Brummel. yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, well, Brummel is um, 
Kevin Klein's surname. Yeah, so we don't. It looks like it, you know, uh, she's at least a, on the Wikipedia page. Yeah, it calls her Linda Brummel. Yeah, she's an alley situation. She doesn't have a last name. It's not important. Yeah, she takes her husband's last name. That's what it is. <laughs> um, no, but she is in a covers band. She is the lead. Uh, singer, the front woman. They of seem a to be fairly band. popular. They've got a regular gig at mm. this one place, yeah. um, but they're not like I don't so a big. Are band. they in Indianapolis? Oh no, that's the place no, they go they're to. They're in California. California, California right. somewhere. Yeah. Um, I would say not a big city. They don't seem to be in like, LA or anything. Yeah. They just yeah. 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 Um, I would say maybe a Sacramento vibe, maybe even smaller than that. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I, like, <laughs> I don't know enough cities in California. I'm like, no. I know which one Sacramento that's is. Do that's I know anything really about funny it? funny though, Not because really. um, my <laughs> granddad lives in Sacramento. So when I was a kid, I just assumed all big cities in America were big and like, you know, modern. So when I heard Sacramento, I was like, that's a big city. It's the capital of California. But I, when I went there, it was like just like a, a bigger, like medium size it was like there's nothing interesting and then and then when ladybird came out i was like she drags sacramento a lot and it makes sense like yeah yeah no, it's just all i know place. about sacramento is it's the place that ladybird drags a lot in ladybird yeah. Mm-hmm. um yeah um so i guess i mean ricky strikes me as someone who's like never made it like yeah really. she's just like one yeah. of those ladies who just you know she's got the rocker chick vibe there yeah um there is a lot of stuff in this film like for, you know we'll talk about like the content of the film and like the quality of the film later but there is a lot of stuff which is not directly said including mm. like you know like was she in a band when she was with kevin mm. klein or did she leave kevin klein to go start a band yeah was kevin was... klein ever actually cool or was he always a was stiff, he always yeah. stiff conservative yeah. guy yeah. like were they cool may- together at one point and maybe know. that was you know the attraction opposites yeah. attract yeah. they're both uh, conservative they, i mean so yes this is we'll get into we'll it in a bit yeah um, <laughs> um but yeah she's been like this rocket chick her whole life never quite grew out of that vibe well i mean she doesn't have to like some people just have yeah, i mean she's doing fine life. she's not she's not like she's yeah. got not very much money yeah but she works at um she works at basically whole grocery, foods it's yeah, supposed whole to be whole foods, foods yeah. but yeah. it's like called total foods or something <laughs> and, um, this is based on diablo cody's um, mother-in-law um where she yeah nikki um, okay, i don't know <laughs> <laughs> Nikki, and the, Nikki in the smash. Just, yeah, <laughs> Nikki in the smash. Uh, where apparently she saw her play at gigs a couple of times, and she was like, "This needs to be made into a movie." Yes. Um, yeah. Were you the right person to make that movie? I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, uh, needs is a strong word. Yeah. But, you know, it can be. It was a movie. It was. Um, it's interesting that Diablo wasn't billed strongly for this film because, like, for Juno and Young Adult, like, that was the big. Obviously, maybe the studio like saw the film and, and they, they were like, like oh, yeah. "We'll just, we'll just let's focus on the mural." Yeah, because yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Meryl, Meryl is Meryl's if, the if, main character. Yeah, she if is anyone the, is gonna sell this film, it is it's Meryl, Meryl Streep. Yeah. Okay, so um, so <laughs> we learned that she did not vote for Obama. <laughs> not a fan of Obama. Yeah. yeah. Like no offense to Billy, the one black member of the band, yeah. and <laughs> nearly the one black member of the cast. Well, well we have well, quite a well, few. Oh no, that's true. That. We do have Audrey coming up. We have her boss. <laughs> we have a her light boss. Obama figure, if I do say so myself. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, um, her, yes, written as contemptible boss. Yeah. Um, um, but in this first scene, um, so literally, I guess this they're just very comfortable with their audience like her and rick springfield most famous for jesse's girl 
The 80s staple. Who now has a, apparently has an acting career. Mm-hmm. And some plastic surgery. Mm. <laughs> yeah, Quite that's true. Um, yeah, apparently their characters are sleeping together and he mentions that or like he calls her his girlfriend yeah. or something. Oh, like she, we're dating or something yeah. like that. And then she's like, haha, and no. This, we're seeing this each plays other. out very publicly. Yeah, which and, I mean, like, if I was the regular customer of this band, like, of the bar, I don't know if I'd be there for the music as much as I'm there for the, the for drama. For the drama, right? <laughs> I've got to see the I'll, continuing now, story. Okay, now I know why Ben Platt is such a stan. Of course. Oh, He's just there for the drama. the drama. Oh, He's there for the drama. And he just knows that he needs to play up to Ricky, like, yes, yeah, keep yeah. going. And then he's like, okay, give me the that The gay juice. bartender. Yeah. yeah. Also... I know that we all just like, yes, the gay bartender. Not actually explicit that he is gay, I guess. <laughs> like, the camp bartender. So. I guess he's supposed to be camp. I think also, it's, it's one of those things is, uh, that aren't said, I think. Like, yeah. <sighs> but it never comes up. And no, I, don't know, I guess it's not. Weird, I mean, of all the things doesn't. that go unsaid, that's something that I'm like, yeah, that, that unsaidness is fine. There's a lot of unsaidness yeah. around her life that yeah. we don't really find out. What what else do we find out about Ricky? She lives in a small apartment. Um, and then I guess she gets just gets the... Oh, wait, no, actually, sorry. The best part of the first part of this film hmm. is Meryl Streep singing Lady Gaga. <laughs> they've, they've started to introduce some more modern tunes for their for younger the audience. Um, and so and they, they chose bad, bad romance is one of those. To, I see. I love this moment because it's it's Meryl Streep doing Lady Gaga. But also, if you're a rock band, wouldn't you pick a modern rock song? Like I'm sure Kings of Leon would have yeah, been like, Kings of Leon was kind or of a something, thing at the or Coldplay, or yeah. something like something rockier. The White Stripes, like something a bit more modern. Snow Patrol, you know? it's know. right there. Okay. <laughs> also, there is a bit where Meryl goes, Ooh la la. Uh, yeah. it's Part of the the, yeah. the the opening to Bad Romance. Yeah. It's a it's a very it's interesting like eight second clip, I guess, of yeah. how much yeah, they could get. Only pay, they could only pay I for really the wanted intro. those claws to come. We up never got to the claws. The claws up. Yeah. I wonder if it's on the soundtrack. Maybe if they have a soundtrack <laughs> of Ricky in the Flash. Mm. But by and large, a lot of Meryl's songs work really well. Yeah, it's the, her voice works really yes. well for this character. I was very skeptical because I don't necessarily get a rock star vibe from Miss Meryl Streep, but no. you know what? She pulls it off, She pulls I it think. off, yeah. And I think, like, I, I don't know, because I've sort of not necessarily been, like, an outspoken critic of Meryl Streep's singing voice, but <laughs> whenever she shows up in movies, as I always feel like she is trying to prove that she's got her this opera training that she yeah. has. And she can do anything. And that she can do all of these different... And I'm like, she, she's always got a bit of an actor who sings vibe in terms of her voice when it comes to musical theatre stuff. And, I and felt that's that this, a read, everyone. <laughs> and I felt that this, like... Um, yeah, just suited her vocal style a hmm. lot better. Well, that's like, as I was saying earlier. I think it's because one, like, she's not meant to be like this like great singer. She's just you yeah, know, yeah, it's a bit she's more gritty and characterful. And, and I, yeah, yeah, and it's um, rock and roll, which can be a bit. And I think her rougher. alto is just a lot stronger. Which yeah, I this think, is the best I've heard her. Yeah, I've never quite was like when I hear her in Mamma Mia and even Into the Woods. I'm like, I'm never like, whoa, Meryl Slay, like, like <laughs> your vocals are top notch. Um, um, but yeah, she's kind of got yeah. like this sort of. Uh, I, I think it's her soprano, her top voice is yeah. a little bit weaker, and she doesn't have to use it much in this film, like, yeah. except for I f- occasional. I found moments. her voice very and I good it worked in really this well. Film. Yeah, um, so it's, um, it's good to see, you know, like, there's a, do, do more rock star performances. Meryl, and like, yeah. honestly, how have we not talked about 
Ricky's iconic hair. <laughs> Now there is some styling choices with hair throughout this film, which we will continue to mention. But Ricky's hair, to describe it, on her right, she has two sort of French braid-looking things, um, and on her left, she's got a big sort of mullety like, fringe. Yeah, like kind like of like gem in the holograms kind of yeah, big, yeah. A little big fringe. Kind of yeah, yeah. We're, we're using some serious hand acting to there's try to yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously because right podcasts are a visual medium. Yeah, I mean, you know, you guys can all see me right yeah. now. Yeah, um, me like like half Dean Snyder and half like I don't know. <laughs> Someone with braids. <laughs> <laughs> Iconic. Pippi Longstocking. Um, yeah, which she, which she wears consistently throughout this film. <laughs> this, this hairdo. Yeah. That's part of her look. The uh, only time that she gets caught out is when Audra uh, uh, catches her in a towel, which we'll yeah. get to later. Yeah. yeah. Um, to me, honestly, if this was a bigger film... This would be an iconic look. <laughs> this would be something you could wear yeah. for a costume party. Ricky Randazzo. I, like, yeah. I feel like I'd just do it like one year and be like, who are you? Yeah, Ricky. you'd do it, have to do it the year it Ricky came out. Rand- <laughs> like, I'm Ricky for Ricky and the Flash. And everybody yeah. goes like, what? Yeah. <laughs> the look is good. The film doesn't frame the look or the character in a way that feels iconic. Like, no. I feel no, like, no, you know, no, I was no. just, it's just Ricky. watching she's, a TV film. She's just being Ricky, okay? Yeah, she was um, born Ricky. Yeah. And that's one of, the, so one of the things she says. This is, well, that's in response to her gay son saying, I was born gay, because she says, oh, you decided to be gay because you were bisexual and you decided to be gay. And he's like, no, I was born gay. And then she responds, I was born Ricky. <laughs> Which, <laughs> honestly, iconic. But this is why I'm like, I feel like if we're supposed to have her friend, the bartender, as a gay person, if, if homophobia and like a kind of loose, like, uncomfortable yeah. with gayness as part of her character. I feel like that probably should be... Uh, well, I guess, but I feel like it's close... Or I might be know. closer to home because, like, she's okay with the bartender being gay. Right. But her but own not son. Her son. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But I'm like, I feel like you could you could explore that. It just seems like something that's untapped. Yeah. Just to, anyway. I'm just yeah. thinking about a Meryl Streep party in my head now where you come as different Meryls. It's, it's a pretty good party theme. Yeah. It's a pretty good I'd party come theme. as the death becomes her... Um, oh, head. obviously. Yeah, great. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm. Um, some Julia Child would be good. Some yeah. Miranda Priestley, obviously. Do we have at least and three Miranda Priestleys? Fuck you Priestley's if there. you come as Margaret Thatcher. Get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, uh, someone would just like pull out their blue overalls and wear yeah. that. But honestly, yeah. still an iconic. Still look. good. Great look. I think I might go as Mrs. Fox, Meryl. Because <laughs> why not? Um, fantastic Mrs. Fox. I'm fantastic a... Mr. Fox. Mr. Fo- well, she's fantastic she too. She does to be fantastic in her own right. It's feminist take on. It's my feminist take on fantastic Mr. Fox, just which I've to, never seen. I'm trying to think about. Um, so Matt wore a, a great Halloween costume a few years ago, um, where uh, it was a DNA test, and you opened it up. Oh, that's up, right. Yeah. And I was thinking about something for the equivalent for Sophie's Choice, where like you come in. And <laughs> the you, two kids. You're, yeah. you're yeah. a cheap boy. Two kids on either side, or yeah. like. And people vote across the party. Which yeah. You can. yeah. I love an interactive um, costume. Yeah. But, I mean, we've, we've, we've talked around off, this we've film. We've topic. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, basically, the main crux of this film is that she goes to Indianapolis to visit... Her ex-husband, her ex-husband Pete, husband. played by Kevin Klein, who... Uh, is called the, her up. 
yeah, called her up because their daughter is having a crisis, and this is played by Meryl Streep's actual daughter, Mamie Gummer. Uh, no Mamie Gummer! <laughs> oh, ter- oh, you'd like me in a film? I'm Mamie Gummer! <laughs> a, a, a terribly named Apologies person. to like, Mamie, I'm but sorry, your name is funny. But, like, uh, they couldn't help Gummer. That was the surname. I'm exactly. But, but Mamie. But do we have to go with Mamie to really just... Mame just under- is an awful word <laughs> to, to base a name around. Mamie just, like, is Mame. an old... Old lady name. Yeah. You've got Mamie There's Eisenhower. No There's no way Mamie Gummer is a, a toothless like, widow. That's, yeah. Okay, you know, so uh, got a babushka being, scarf a, on. being a devil's advocate uh, on this, just for a second. I'm Meryl Streep. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I've just Thank given you. <laughs> and I've just given birth, and random husband with two small Don. features for his face, Don. Don Gummer. Who's an accomplished sculptor, by the way. Well, beautiful hands, not so beautiful face. Um, (laughs) Beautiful hands, lovely hands. (laughs) And and so he's like, what should we call it, Meryl? And you imagine me, Meryl Streep, looking down, bright, beautiful lighting, Greta Greta Garbo kind of lighting, going, Mamie. And that sounds great in that moment. You're like, oh, beautiful, what a scene. But then imagine that kid having to actually go to school and be like, hi, I'm Amy. Yeah, Mamie Gummer. It's like Wait, they said right. Amy, but they they yeah, kind yeah. of they did yeah, all this but that's, The person writing the birth certificate was like, um, like I get I get why you don't want to name your like daughter like Streep as the last name, but Mamie Streep doesn't sound nearly yeah, as bad. bad. It's the combination as of the two Gummer. names together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's an art form. It's a balance. Yeah. I love how we just spent like a whole minute dragging Mamie Gummer. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mamie. Yeah, uh, she's fine in this. Yeah. Actress, she's, not a star. Yeah. Um, if so. That. Her character, yeah. <laughs> we spent a lot of this film comparing it to Rachel getting married. Yeah, um, which is the previous Jonathan Demi. The previous Demi Jonathan Demi film, and, and a, a superior film in every way. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know Jonathan Demi, he did quite a few popular films like Signs of the Lambs, Philadelphia, Philadelphia others. Rachel getting married um, is one of his big, like, recent ones. Yeah. Um, and it's oh, a great and, film. It's um, very good. Oh. And also. His earlier Anne Hathaway does Jeff not Daniels. play Rachel, by the way. No. Um, but it's just kind of, this whole film is a bit... It's like gunnery. diet, it's diet, diet, Rachel getting married. Well, yeah, yes. and it's kind of a bit sad because this was Demi's last film before yeah. he died at around uh, 50, 50-something. 50 and um, he's a, like, he's hugely talented and he, ha- like, has developed a, like, signature style, like the Demi close-up is really iconic if you think of Silence of the Lambs and Hannibal Lecter, like, really talented director i think um and really empathetic he was really collaborative uh, i learned a lot of this kind of information through the blank check podcast shout out to blank check the um, demi close-up not to be confused with a demi moore close-up <laughs> where she just sheds like a single tear yeah. perfectly on yes. porcelain skin yeah. <laughs> um where and i think rachel getting married is if you haven't seen it a great example of how like empathetic he is as a filmmaker in terms of holding his cast but i mm. think um, perhaps because we've just seen that film from him then going into this one where uh so Mamie Gummer's character Julie feels kind of like a a more broad strokes Mm. kind of less subtle version of Kim which is Anne Hathaway's character yeah Kim with a Y Kim with a Y figure it out (laughs) um and also 
the film cares about her kind of the first half of the film yeah. and then in the second half she is chopped she liver disappears. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. and her whole thing is that, yeah she's she's going through a divorce her husband left her for this other woman um, and so and she's very depressed and had been suicidal yeah. um, and Ricky comes in then Ricky comes in slowly <sighs> thawing her I guess yeah. yeah she tells her to like yeah. skip they therapy. haven't really had a relationship so she was very, apparently very young. Meryl or Ricky hasn't like been heavily involved with their family since, no, since the like the eighties, the nineties, maybe. If we're being generous, yeah. And like, everyone like everyone's like, oh, you're back, but it's still like quite casual for that amount of time. Like it should be quite alien. So, they don't know each other. No, she didn't go to the wedding. Yeah, like you know. Yeah. So here's the thing, like it's what they're saying is like quite heavy. Like yeah. they have not, um, like invited Meryl into their lives where they like the big, big moments events. of yeah. their lives. Um, also, what? So why does Kevin Klein invite her back then? Like, I guess just because he's like, oh, I don't know how to handle this, and yeah, I yeah, guess so. I guess, but I don't know. And like, but you would have thought that for him to think that that she always had a connection with, Mary. yeah, and there's not really a sense that they always had like a closeness together. No. Uh, it, and, yeah, and to me, I'm just like sure invite her back, but like it seems like from what they tell us, she has been so absent. In, in their lives. So, like, why is this friction, like, not explored in any, like, interesting way, kind yeah. of? It's just, like, except that we are told that she's, yeah, abandoned them, basically. Mm. But that doesn't really come through in the drama of it. We get told it a lot, but we don't... It, yeah, it feels there's like no, a thing... There's no showing. It feels like a thing with writing sometimes where, like, they haven't fully... Like writers don't. Some writers don't consider the span of like time of like yeah. how long I something think that's is really good and point. what the relationship is. It, it yeah. feels like a draft where um, an earlier draft because I think Diablo Cody is a really talented screenwriter at times with certain films. Like I really like some of her other films. Um, keen to see Jennifer's body. That could be a mixed bag. That's true. Just remember she did that. Yeah. Um, but uh, Mamma Mia. Um, Amanda Seyfried, sorry, okay. Um, but yeah, uh, she seems like a, a, a scriptwriter that it needed another couple of kind of passes mm. um, to like mm. give that full sense. Do you really want that huge span of time? In which case, there needs to be way more like yeah. tension and well, just not, distance between distance, them because it yeah. seems more like they're all like at the stage where they're like, oh, I hate you, mom, yeah. as opposed to like, I don't know this uh, yeah, person. I'd I feel like at like, that point, you, you just well, don't, you well, don't even have that well, hate to anymore. Well, to me, I'm just like, what are you doing here? Why did, like, I'd yeah. be like, like why did dad call you? Why That's did so you weird. call her? Yeah. Um, like, what's Ricky slash Linda doing here? Yeah. Um, but also, I don't mind the time, in theory, if they spent time actually, yeah, with attention of, or just like, showing us how bad Ricky fucked up like yeah she doesn't feel uneasy around these people at all like these and we never know what her we, fuck like, up but, is. but that's the thing like if she, even if like I don't know like if I would come back into the space that I think I would feel very unwelcome to I would be like kind of scared yeah because like mm. what are they gonna like and the way, the way it's written feels like she has been in their life but intermittently and keeps fucking things up yeah, yeah, yeah. but instead the way it's presented because perhaps they didn't want to think about those details um, they've just been like no she hasn't really seen them since the 80s and I'm like that's yeah an yeah. entirely different relationship with the rest of the family and than it's presented Ricky, to us Ricky's a really fascinating character and I think 
Street plays her quite well in terms of how she acts out, but she doesn't in the script get the opportunity to really fuck up or, no. you yeah. know, really mess up in a major way so that we feel this push and pull. There seems like a, there's, a, there's a, a difficulty with trying to make us like her. Yeah. And that the script is a little bit too and afraid. And that's the trouble with, doesn't have the bravery with Street to make films her in general. Yeah, I wonder yeah. how much control Streep had with this, that's maybe. That's the thing. Like, when, Streep is talented enough to make an unlikable character work. But you know, I think like, like I would like to see her be more unlikable. Exactly. That's, yeah. that's the when thing. When you get comfortable as a star, you don't want your image threatened too much by like one-off films. So I mean, maybe. I don't think that's I don't the thing because the case, I, I don't. I feel like it's yeah. just yeah. I just feel like she would have probably like enjoyed it. Yeah. More like playing that a bit because more because she she's played villainous characters or characters that are aren't like aren't likable like many times. Like August. In, yeah, or like Big Little Lies. She just plays that that. Awful mother that's like there defending a rapist son. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I like hear recently. you. Yeah, like she's played some really complex, interesting characters. I, I honestly think she would like feel to like do that. she just wanted to do this movie because her daughter was involved. Yeah, and also, I mean, and Jonathan, she likes singing. She loves to sing. Yeah, we and, love to... and Jonathan Demi and Diablo Cody. You're not gonna say no yeah, to those names. No, no, no. Hmm. It's it's you know? just yeah. That's probably script. honestly Jonathan Demi. Like apart from recently, where she's worked with Spielberg and um, Soderbergh. Meryl Streep is not the best at choosing directors, or right. they don't offer her good roles. She keeps roles. working with someone like Philida um, Lloyd, is like it Florence Foster Jenkins, who um, Stephen Frears, who's actually a pretty good director. Right. Yeah, Frears does a lot. Of sometimes, films. most of the time, um, he's a good director. It's just like again, he's like Meryl Streep, where sometimes he rests on his laurels. Like he's yeah. done right. stuff like The Grifters and The Queen and right, Philomena. Right. Oh, um. Yeah. um it feels like that match of director and screenwriter feels very odd and dissonant. And I wonder if I he was brought in with this, yeah. to like pick up the film as like a director. I for could hire. see it though, because like I mean, there's always kind of been like a darkly twisted side to Diablo Cody, like not just in Juno, which is probably her lightest film, mm. but like in in stuff like um, Young Adult. And I guess I haven't seen Jennifer's body, but that seems a bit more like United edgy. States of Tara. Has yes, a lot exactly. Of like, and 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 Jonathan Demi feels comfortable in that mode. As yeah. Well. And on paper, it makes yeah, sense. it I makes think sense to me on paper. It's just that there are some tonal things with this oh, film, yeah. which is yeah, there are some points which are I think a thing that I find a little bit grating about some of Diablo Cody's writing, and sometimes I can get past it, sometimes I can't, is that like. There will be things which are trying too hard to be like a glib, like funny one-liner, and yeah. it just feels yeah. very self-consciously. It is, it like, is Haha. very self-conscious because it stands out, and, and it like, feels it, goofy, and it feels like it's not the right tone for it, the sort of film. It's. It also shows the skill of the director, not that J- Jonathan Demme's a non-skilled director, he is a very skilled director, to direct that type of yeah, line because it's it, like the way that he he's directed this with such a, I guess realist kind mm, of mm. style that those more heightened things where people say something yeah. that feels a bit more Juno-y yeah so um, there's like a few like real things weird. <laughs> where she's like you know um, Julie uh, says I'm anorgasmic and Meryl's like um, you're, you're orgasming? She's like Ann it means not orga- or something and yeah. it's no it's Latin yeah and it's like, and oh yes of course I know there's that. another one where she goes to therapy and she's like I don't know I have to like wash my dick to go to therapy this yeah. is Julie <laughs> saying that and it's just like it feels yes that's something people would say normally because people have different personalities and they might be you know that's a phrase they might say but the way it's the way it's presented and it's delivered just like, it's, it's to do with like the casual like one liner drops yeah. into dialogue which don't feel like they yeah, feel like they're then, it's filmed in a highly like yeah. um 
naturalistic way. It just Whereas doesn't fit like, with a you know, yeah, Demi style. Juno, um, it's like it calls it's like into in a attention. slightly yeah. heightened kind of world. Yeah. Um, but then sometimes it does work because there is a there's a cameo in this movie from Bill Irwin who was our Richard beloved getting, Bill getting Irwin. Married. <laughs> um, and then like so 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 uh, Julie and Ricky are having it out, and then he overhears them. They're a bit like lewd. Um, and he's got a young daughter there and they have it out because he doesn't want his young daughter to hear them. Um, and then they tell him to bugger off. And then he calls his daughter like, come on, Journey. <laughs> and literally all of all three of us and Julie were and like, like Journey? journey? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I, I think it was um, Ricky that says Journey. And then she says, I like that name. No, no, no. Yeah, all of us. Mamie says journey. Oh, Mamie says journey. And then okay. and then and then Meryl oh, says she's a fan. Yeah, I like that name of, because of course she would. <laughs> course she's she like, would. it's a good band. Yeah, well, we later on find out that her son's middle name is Hendrix. Yeah, so that's probably you know mm. within her naming Real style. House. I just want to shout out while we kind of touched on Rachel getting married that um, I was just thinking about writers that was written by Jenny Lumet. Yeah, the yeah. daughter of Sydney Lumet, and yeah. um, asked. Her father to be like, hey, can can you get Demi with for this? Like, <laughs> can you organize this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's only one of a few scripts potentially. Oh I man, mean, I hope she does more. Yeah, yeah. well, she she did the Mummy as well. The, oh, the no. <laughs> but yeah, that was her first script, and mm. like how. Fucking incredible. What a great debut. Yeah. That is such yeah. a good I'm script. salty she was not nominated for Best Supporting Screenplay. Best Original Screenplay for that. She does actually play small yeah. roles in her father's like, early sure. films. Yeah. But, you know. Oh, how Sophia Coppola of her. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know. Um, so who else do we have in this, this film? So Audra, we have not discussed at yeah. all. Um, and she does not come into this film no. for quite a while. But, this, but Audra McDonald star of the stage like yeah, yeah. absolute queen um six. she's she's kind of in terms of performance uh she wants she's the person that Meryl wants to be on yeah. film in terms of musical theater like so, she can just yeah. do it so Audrey McDonald is the Meryl of the stage at this point I'd say because she's yeah. a she six is the time of the stage. she is a six time Tony winner she's she, won more Tonys than, than any other person well any other performer yeah no. um, yeah who cares about <laughs> Cancelled. Who cares about lighting? <laughs> that was you said that. You just no, said you that. Said it. I didn't say who We ca- got the tapes. Oh. Roll back the tape. Anyway, it doesn't count. There's there's fewer of them. Yes. <laughs> it's a lot easier to get one. There's fewer of them. Are you gonna discount Rogers and Hammerstein on their wonderful oh, Tony? Gladly. I mean, yeah, you can. Yes. Um, <laughs> cool. Audrey, uh yeah, Kellona. So Here's the thing. So, like, Audra plays the second wife of Kevin Klein, Mo, Maureen. And we don't see her. Like, there's always mention of her in the film. She's with her dad, who's got <laughs> who's got ALS, short for Alzheimer's. That's what According Ricky to Meryl. According to Ricky. Um, and so, like, we see uh, Julie and Ricky actually bond in the short time that they have together. Ricky <laughs> takes Julie out. To get her nails done and her hair done. Julie's hair story in this whole movie has been very interesting. Yes. There's, uh, there's at one been, point she's got a bird's nest. Like. It's like, honestly, it, it's it's a bit ridiculous in terms of the styling of yeah. her hair. They've tried to make her look like she hasn't washed her hair in a long time, but it just kind of looks like it's been teased and like hair sprayed into a big crackle. Yeah, it's very um, constructed. And, and yes. just just when, when Ricky feels like she's finally made a genuine connection with 
Julie, um, the next day, we hear a woman in, in the kitchen making breakfast. <laughs> yeah, and so we've kind of been on Ricky's side for this. Like, she's kind of quite fun. Um, yeah. But then as soon as Audrey McDonald shows up, Mo shows up, I'm right on her side. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, she looks glowing. Mm. Always. In, all, the, in yeah. all of her costumes, all throughout, Audrey McDonald looks very good in this and film. And also, yeah. a proud member of the Crips. With a blue <laughs> yes, bandana. With a blue bandana. <laughs> and she is just cooking the best waffles you have ever Apparently, tasted. world famous. Apparently the, the best, best waffles coffee. And, and the, the best coffee. coffee. And Ricky gets instantly defensive, um, <laughs> which is which is fine, honestly. In terms of her character, I just wish she had gotten more defensive. I guess. Yeah. I wish she'd really messed up in this moment around I how suppose, insecure yeah. she felt. I, I kind of wanted a journey of like maybe like, fake niceties and then you see the crack of just like she can't help it you know but i guess you know it's ricky she a mess i relate so there you go she just comes on strong like a like a bull in a china shop yeah Yeah. and you know mo's just being nice and she's like hey so this is my family and i've actually put a lot into it um and now you're rocking up in my robe keep the robe whatever but just like her robe. Yeah. So there's dressing a line gown. where she's in the dressing gown and she's like, Oh, my robe looks good on you. Keep it. Oh, and Meryl's right. like, oh. no, but they have, yeah, they have is this big confrontation. Audra kills her scene, obviously. Yeah. Mm. Um, but also to me, like that confrontation scene was like, the stakes were so heightened because Meryl was in a towel and like part of the tension of the scene was, was he, she going to keep, of course she was going to keep her towel up, but Meryl Streep's towel acting was very impressive. Mm. Um, also, Ricky, um, based on this towel scene, has an American flag yeah. in the back. An, a an tattoo. American flag with something else on yeah, it. Yeah, you yeah. couldn't quite see, but on a, a back tattoo. And Matt joked that like, maybe this is what the flash is because yeah, there's right. fucking no flash. <laughs> at this film except for the first 10 minutes that yeah. just disappeared yeah. um, but this tension of is the towel going to drop um, and no. yeah so they have it out Meryl goes back to California and we'll talk about this but I also kind of want to talk about Meryl and Kevin Klein yeah mm. and their their pot scene sizzling which is their sizzling chemistry yes. <laughs> they get so wacky she finds some wacky tobacco in the fridge <laughs> And she decides to smoke some with that old fogey, Pete. Um, which she always oh, you're sounding like state. a real Mamie Gummer right now. <laughs> <laughs> with the terms that you're using. Um, and uh, they decide that oh, there's this hilarious writing where Diablo Cody points out that like every food has a... PLU P- code. Yeah. Because Meryl obviously works, works at, at Whole total, Foods. Total Foods. Oh, yeah. See, I didn't put Cumulative that Cumulative Foods. I just thought she knew that. <laughs> no, it's a, t- that t- it's a total foods knowledge. Did you not know that? No, I was just like more random what is bullshit. Happening? Yeah. No, it's just her quirk. It's, it's a, Ricky's quirky. It's a, it's a very long scene. It felt yeah. very long. Um, well, Where she just quotes numbers. He's here's, like, bananas. Here's, here's the premise of the scene. Obviously, like, you know, they've just gone out. They've met the family. Oh, wait, no. Oh, we'll talk about okay. We'll yeah. talk about the family in a later section, but um, Julie has just seen her ex-husband, and for the first time with like this other woman. Oh my god! And then Meryl chews him the fuck out. Also, the other woman that Julie's husband has left her for uh, has two kids. Apparently, apparently has two children, but looks like she's about nineteen. <laughs> and so I don't know what the casting was, but well, that. okay. So there's two scenes here that are both. 
just batshit wild. Um, the, the scene that Matt is talking about, the one that precedes it, um, they see this this old husband. Um, and then, like, I closed my eyes. And I, like, I literally blinked. And then all of a sudden, Kevin Klein and Meryl Streep were at the husband and the new wife berating them. And I have no idea where it came from. We were just right thrust right into the middle yeah, of they it. Yeah, were, they were getting ice cream one minute. And then, and yeah, then they, they were, were just inside the yeah. store. And then, the bar, and then the couple whatever. are like responding as if like that was normal, like yeah. kind of normal. They're not like, what the fuck Where is going on? Where did you come from? So this we're was, in public. This is also <laughs> very recent. And I thought they were so cruel to Julie in the scene. Um, but also once like, you know, once everything was done, Julie was like, oh, Ricky is here for me. She gives the nod of she approval. She does this very weird acting <laughs> choice. We see a shot uh, framing Mamie through a, it, through a window from inside the bar, at which she smiles and does like a little a little nod. Yeah. Things are going to look Things all are looking all right. right. And it's, 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 it's very big. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a very yeah. big choice. But that's that's... That's the moment where she's like, "Ricky's all right. She's not. She's not the same mom." It and turns then she's, out and then we're she's fine solved. now. Yeah. Yeah. We're fine. And then she's good for the rest of the film. Oh yeah. Until we they, see her at the they end. They dive into the ex ex wife Rubbermaid container, yes. which was a big deal. That it was Rubbermaid. Apparently. I don't know. I'm not sure what this brand name is. It was apparently very funny. Kevin Klein. Kevin Klein says just like the most script writing 101 line, which is like. We had fun in those days. Yeah, we were oh, such a we, cute we family. We were such a cute family. Oh. Like that. We were such oh, a good-looking family. And you're like, oh, and, God. Uh, apparently, they smoke pot, all three of them, which I did not see. I, yeah. I, just, I don't... She's just... Julie's just passed out on know. the couch. Yeah. Which, I guess, pot makes you sleepy. Yeah. But then, this is the scene where you think Meryl Streep and Kevin Klein are going to kiss. And this is pre-Audra appearing. So yeah, just we still like, haven't seen Audra yet. And we're like, really? We're going like into this... We're... 30 minutes into 40 yeah. minutes of the movie we and haven't it, seen Audra and they're going to make out now and how this is framed is like so there's a shot that is like kind of behind Kevin Klein, um, and we can see a bit of Meryl and they're like up close next to each other or maybe it's a side shot either way you can see Kevin <laughs> not important and then they're about to kiss and instead of kissing he puts his head way, way down well, towards a crotch, and the camera doesn't go down to be like, so, "What's happening?" Such a funny it's shot. Just, he goes and, down, and it looks like he's going to give her oral while their daughter just sleeps yeah. over on the couch. Yeah, seriously, one hundred percent. I thought the same thing. So you know, yeah, you know, it's a fucking Lady Chatterley's lover, like right away. <laughs> but instead, he just sort of puts his head in her lap and just is kind of sad. It's just weird. It's just a bit yeah. sad. And then Mel's just like, you just wanted to touch me. And I was like, what? What? Okay. And in the background, the song is playing that says, adios, amigos. But they're pronouncing adios like... Well, that's to, lime, to rhyme with Laredo. Like Laredo. 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 And they're like... Adios. Adios. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the song anyway, is, but... Adios. Uh, you know, we'll Shazam it at some point and mm. uh, never find out. <laughs> um, yeah. We get quite a nice, uh, kind of during that kind of section, Meryl sings an original song that I thought was really cool. Um, yeah, Cold Beer. Cold One. I don't know. <laughs> cold Beer. Cold um, One, I think, is what it was called. Yeah. I think kind of, we've covered kind of how Meryl it's sings. It's very cute. And, it's a very nice song. It's nice. Yeah, it's, it's good. It sounds like a song from that era, and uh, yeah. it's not corny, which I think most original songs that are tacked on are just Particularly like, when presented alongside yeah. other 
existing songs, um, mm. they can technically come off corny. Yeah. yeah it, it fit in very seamlessly. Anyways, yeah. We go back to California. Yeah. So basically, Audra's like, yeah, no, I got this. Uh, why don't you go home? Yeah. And then uh, Meryl Rick does. Like, sure. Yeah. Um, Meryl's life gets better, I guess. I don't know. Basically, what's she has a bit of a blowout with boyfriend Rick Springfield. Rick Springfield. And he. There's a lot of scenes. I'm just, just as a side note with the script of the film, there are a lot of scenes where people just sort of yell at each other. Their main conflict. Yeah, that's yeah. the main conflict. Um, and there's this like, and they just oh, have, they have they just have big fights have, about the main they, conflict. Yeah, they have, a lot. they have a big scene where they're shouting at each other, and they're bad parents, is what I got from it. Yeah, like, they're both bad parents, but they got it. Greg, Joe, Greg. Yeah. So <laughs> basically, <laughs> basically, Greg wanted um, Rocky to be. More, com- more, more committed, yeah. Greg's girl. Yeah. Um, Basically, he's like, yeah. he's like, ah, oh, you're not letting yourself live because you're so wrapped up in guilt, but I've done a lot of bad stuff and I just don't let myself feel guilty. Yeah. Is kind of the moral of the conversation, I, I think. I don't know. And they fuck it out, so. Anyway, you know. yeah. yeah. Like, that's, they know. Oh, like, and, you know and what? When, and they're, this when is... they're pounding, when they're really, like, rotten nuts, um, <laughs> he's like, okay. he's like. I'm not afraid I'm, anyone oh, ever you. He's like, and I hate. I'm leaving this <laughs> I tender my resignation. Effectively. He's, he's like, oh, this is so cool. Yeah, like, it's like wow. this rule. This rules. Um, no, so, this. I mean, this is, I mean shows that the true moral of the story is once you bone down, everything is solved. Yeah. You can see clearly now. See, the weird thing is, with these two, their scenes when they're speaking dialogue, I don't give a shit at all. When they're singing, though. When they're singing, they have some good chemistry. Also... Because I think Meryl just wanted to do a a roadie movie. Not a roadie, you know, a band movie. Yeah. Where she just wants to, like, get up on the stage and sing. That's when the the film feels like it comes alive. Stevie Ricks. <laughs> no, well, the thing that struck struck me as odd about the songs is like obviously the pop songs, um, "Get the Party Started" by Pink being one of them, very short. But the actual songs that they paid rights for, we had to hear the whole fucking songs for each yeah, of them. There's yeah, there's a a lot of long songs, but it's also like don't necessarily need to all be. But like there. a lot of them are performance, and a lot of them are used as montage sequences, and they're just wall to wall. We finish one song, and then we start we one had, song. In this section, we had a full montage. Montage, and then we had like a couple lines of dialogue, and then we had another full montage. Mm. And it was just, it was a lot of montage for yeah. a very small section of the film. And in the middle of that, we get um, like a really insightful piece by Diablo in her writing about how, um, you know, it's tough for the mothers. And, um, <laughs> you know, the fathers, they get to go off, like Mick Jagger, he gets to go off and be a rock star and have a lot of kids, but he doesn't have to look after, and it's, it's tough for the mothers. Um, and I feel, I mean, I, I already can't commit to this bit because I feel bad <laughs> ripping apart Diablo's work because she's created really good work and I want to support more female um, writers. But, yeah, that kind of bit, that kind of feminist message felt quite It felt very much like, here's the thesis of the film. Do you yeah. get it? I'm Meryl Streep. I'm going to deliver it to you. And I'm like, I think we get, we get it. We don't need to. This is the problem with a lot of the writing throughout it is that there's a lot of bits where... you just. People just kind of say the say the they, they say the subtext yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah, and it's it just text throughout. It's just text, which is funny because there are nice moments of text that could have been text that are not said. Yeah, you know, which is like very little moments, like you know, the gay bartender not voting for Obama. So that's like a shorthand for oh, she's 
maybe not the most progressive person. Like, but we don't really explore that she's not yeah, progressive. Exactly, but I think yeah. it's less even that it's text or that it's subtext, but it's like, if we, yeah, but it is like, if, if subtextually we're like, oh, she's a bit conservative, even mm. though she's this rock star, but we don't really explore that as an issue. She just is. It just is something, and then they everybody gets over it. I just, um, <laughs> I just like the, I guess to me, Ricky is like, perfectly summed up in her one prank in the entire film <laughs> where she uh, explores, she's, she's wandering around she explores uh, the McMansion the, the, of, yeah, of, of Kevin McMansion. Klein, and then she sees the dishwasher it's dirty there's a sign that says dirty she flips it and to make it say clean and chuckles and I'm like yes it is a prank and yes you are edgy bit of like a- <laughs> but it is the most conservative <laughs> prank there is yeah. you know it's you know that's you Ricky the that classic is you. the classic <laughs> Dishwasher flip. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She was born Ricky. Yeah, she was born Ricky. <laughs> she was born Ricky, indeed. Yeah. So, and those montages are pretty rough um, because a montage is such a loaded kind of moment in a film that they've really got to work or else, you know, they're groan inducing. And it's, yeah, it's the mural getting better. Yeah. Montage. Yeah. yeah. Which, again, I mean, the thing that Matt pointed out when watching this is like, at no point so far has Ricky apologized. Oh, she's never acknowledged. Or even, <laughs> or, not even, even apologized. She something she, wrong. Yeah, she never acknowledged how bad of a mother she was. She never apologized to children who are clearly mad at her. Yeah. And who clearly, like, from the second half of the film, apparently want her in their lives, even though they're begrudgingly avoiding her to, like, maintain some self of, like, self-preservation. Yeah. It really um, was a very traumatic time yeah. being a child if your mother just disappears. Yeah. I would imagine that would take a lot to get over. Uh, and the next action that we hear from the family is um, Mo like sending a letter. She sends a letter with an apology. An and I'm like, I'm sorry, but you don't, you don't need, need to apologize. apologize. And not only that, it's an invitation to her son, Sebastian Stan, and his partner, Emily, um, who has a stank face through most of the Honestly, film. Honestly, Emily was comedy gold. In this <laughs> she just Unintentionally. hated Ricky um, wearing a sweater that... Uh, yeah, wearing yeah. A, a, a loosely knotted sweater around her shoulders. Yes, sure. Yeah, so, sure you know, if, if you, like, so the first time they meet, Ricky meets Emily, uh, yeah, so they have this big family dinner, like, things don't go as planned, obviously, what else is new with Ricky, but, you know, we meet Emily, who, Sebastian Stan, her son Josh, has been dating for two years, and they've gotten engaged, and they never told Ricky yeah. about any of this, which I would understandably be hurt by. Yeah. That is rough. Um, yeah. And if you picture Emily, she just looks like, you know, that that the head, you know, sorority girl at the conservative college... <laughs> Um, who, you know, she's got, like, the, the white cardigan over her shoulders and, you know, she voted for Trump, but takes up the butt. <laughs> I, because know, she doesn't want to have sex before. I don't know where this is going. I could have just done, like... It's another Catholic joke from Matt. But, uh, we just say, like, oh, we put it on Facebook. Like, should have found out. Maybe Facebook was not know. that time. They just, uh, Facebook was a thing. This is from, like, 2014. Yeah, 20, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Also, I should just have more fun with it. I yeah. will, like, oh no, that doesn't really make sense. Just, just do better jokes. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, none of this stuff particularly <laughs> lame. I mean, yeah, Ricky goes to the wedding. It's 
fine. Like they have like lesbian servers, which is really cool. Like, it's that yeah, apparently like a full lesbian ca- catering team that's yeah. are in char- that are in charge. Um, Ricky, like yeah, had to be convinced to go to the wedding and was like, oh, I can't afford it. But then she uh, does boyfriend have, she sold does, the gu- sold his guitar so yeah. that they could go together. Which but is she does. Nice. She picks up like a nice like light baby blue um, dress, which she wants to have in black. But you know, she actually looks quite lovely. She, she styles it very well. Yeah. Styles mm. it in, in her own way. We get a reference to a previous mixed bag where um, uh, Greg describes her as... Um, the blue Roger. looks like Roger Daltrey's eyes and Tommy. Yeah, so shout out to Tommy, I guess. Um, um, yeah, and we're at the wedding. Yeah. Yeah. And it goes like, like what happens at the wedding is like, I don't know, like Mamie, sorry, Julie... Uh, she is a bridesmaid, and then she walks down the aisle and has kind of a panic attack, and and she's just a moment of like yeah. freaking out because she I guess understandably is traumatic might be triggered by to a think wedding, about her own wedding. Yeah. yeah. Um. But then she gets over it and continues going down the aisle. Well, I mean, so. no, no. Well, yeah. Ricky gives yeah. her like a little pip talk, and you know, walk she, on. She yeah. says, yeah. yeah, which is a big contrast to Meryl and Mama Mia wedding, where she made it all about herself. <laughs> Um, and we kind of get a moment with every one of the, the children. Yeah, um, we, we, we see meet. her um, with her um, gay son. Desmond and... Adam. Adam. Adam is her son, and we meet his partner, Desmond. Yeah, I just led with Desmond, because yeah. Desmond is, I mean, very captivating. Like, he, right away, you're like, Desmond, oh. we discovered, we were looking up uh, who who this actor was, and he's actually uh, in the slam poetry scene, is where he's most known. Mm. Oh, cool. Mm. Yeah. Very cool. One of the few POC... In this film. That have a, it's basically Audra and, Des- you know and Desmond. I yeah, know, I'm just like, this, <laughs> this, this conservative looking family marrying POCs or coupling with POCs is interesting to me because even Emily kind of looks like, not white white, but like, <laughs> you know, she's got a brush of, <laughs> of something. But, um. Yeah, I mean, again, this sort of goes into, like, that the film it doesn't want to explore that stuff. I like, know, it's if weird. If this it's film like... was braver, it would have Meryl being quite racist towards Audra McDonald. Yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. if we're saying that she's quite conservative and that she's got these homophobic views and all these things like that, then, like, give us the actual, well, like, make her unlikable. Let, even... let her do that stuff. That's, that's why it Here's the thing, like, so, so, like, we also have, like... Um, Kevin Klein's mother, Oma, who clearly does not like Audra McDonald. Yeah. And then... And we think, like, oh, is it going to be like a... Th- this is going to come up from her. But yeah. then, no, that's just that she's old and Dimitri. Well, here's and- here's the thing where I can see, like, Ricky redeem herself is maybe, like, Oma is maybe racist to... Mm. to um, and then that would be a to moment Maureen, for And then that's what, a herself. moment for... Yeah, exactly. To, yeah. to prove herself to Maureen and to see that she has a moral comp- compass and she's not just doing microaggressions to minorities. <laughs> yeah, it just makes me so mad that Ricky just gets to, like, waltz in, waltz out, and then just, like, not apologise, and then Audra has to, yeah, f- offer that olive branch. And yeah, she's has just... to apologise when she didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. yeah. And then, speaking on the microaggression thing, the thing with the Desmond scene is that <laughs> oh, I've already gosh. known that Ricky isn't super into, yeah, like, the idea of having a gay son or like, at least is trying to be progressive yeah. but isn't necessarily great about it and meets the son and, you know, he's clearly quite nervous about yeah. um, introducing his partner. Yeah. And then she's... Who is of like, Asian descent, by yes, the way. Yes, who is Asian. Who's not Chinese, just who's, to be clear. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, she sort of... Uh, she looks says, at him, do you she's know like, oh, Bruce he's Lee. very handsome. Yeah. And the son's like, oh, thank God, like, it yeah, went yeah. fine. Yeah. And then she says, oh, do you know who Bruce Lee is? <laughs> <laughs> and the, the Desmond is like, 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I do. I appreciated this scene though because this is very true to life. It is. Like, it's just, like it's the very first, true. the first <laughs> person like, that you it know. It got a huge remo- emotional response from oh. us, even when we're calling it right now. You're just because, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, cool. Yeah, that's She's the one trying person to do a compliment, um, and then the son's just like, he doesn't look anything like Bruce Lee. Yeah, he's not Chinese. And then like the her, her Greg comes in with like Bruce Lee wasn't Chinese. He was born in San Francisco. And we're like, okay, let's All right, just let's let's just steer away before they, we before we get again, any, uh, true, to life, true Desmond, to life Desmond Desmond just like takes it on the chin and he's like I like them he's probably faced worse than that <laughs> oh Desmond's gone through a lot so, more so you know so he's rookie. just probably like you know what I can take this this is fine but <laughs> honestly I'm like I feel like even though she's like it's very cringy I'm like that's kind of what? the weird the problematic kind of behaviour yeah. but I feel like there would be more interesting exactly, to show that yeah. throughout of a, yeah. if Ricky it's just her like fucking up a lot more and yeah. just seeing like her occasion be less likable and yeah. actually show that fuck out rather than just oh she did some bad stuff in the past but we're not going to show any of that well that's why I found it, it so unbelievable like when you know she met Mo for the first time and then they have this confrontation oh well like it's oh, not the first time I, don't no, th- I feel like they've the met before yeah. they, they have like yeah. a confrontation scene with like uh, when Ricky's in the towel and stuff like that and then suddenly she like started leaving, and I was like, "Isn't Ricky like tougher than that? Isn't she like? I, shouldn't there be a little bit more push and pull? I like that's." Yes, but I think like in her big scene, Mo did bring up some home truths that might have rattled Ricky a little bit. <laughs> that's yeah. true. And yeah. she's just like, "Just thought, yeah." But I do love that when in that scene where Ricky leaves the first time. Um, and and Julie gives her a big hug. You see these big fuck off nails. Yes, she... from when they went to get their manicure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they are claws, talons, honey. Talons. <laughs> what is the central relationship in this film? Like it's trying to be an it's, ensemble. It's, it's, Ricky with everybody. It's Ricky and the Flash. <laughs> <laughs> it's right there. We the forgot time. to say like, the biggest Flash moment of this film is. Uh, Ricky what? does a speech, which, which first of I all, feel like she has not been asked to no, speak. I but don't also, know. Did, yeah, did she volunteer that? Also, I would veto it straight away. Who asked her to speak? I know. No like, one. People can't just get up and do speeches in the middle. Yeah. It's not your 21st. Like, have some crowd control yeah, on the wedding. Exactly. Um, you are but, not the best the best man. The, um, well, you're the worst mom. <laughs> <laughs> but she, so she does a speech. Yeah. Um, and it's, everybody is giving her, like, angry looks. Yeah. And then she says, like, ah, oh, well, you know, I'm not a great mother, but I can all I can give is this is all I can give is that I sing and I make music. So this is for you. Yeah. Um, and so then the flash appear out of nowhere. We've only like, seen that Greg was there. We did not so know the rest of the band. There was, was there. a big hullabaloo of her when she got the invitation, her not wanting to go to the wedding because she can't afford it. She can't it. afford it. So they had to sell the guitar. Greg had to sell his guitar so that they could afford it. And then lo and, and behold <laughs> And we get no explanation there are for three it. Other, the, the other three band members. The Flash show up. just appear. And we're like, how did they get. Like, they, and, there was a person ticking off names yeah. at the wedding. Yeah. So, That's like, right. it's not an open entry. <laughs> to, to, to <laughs> now I'm just like, the canon in my head now is it just they snuck in with their, like, well, yes. tuxedos. Honestly. And, like, were they disguised what, as servants? Were they waiters in there? What, what you, you could do is, like, well, I'm going to do the only thing that I can do. Cut to them in the car. Hurry, we've got, we got to go. We've got to get this, in. Come like, out here. this whole side plot that was cut from the movie of like, you know, Ben Platt organizing this whole thing. Yeah, He's like, exactly. come on, shows boys. up too. And we're like, how, who, how has Ben so, Platt here? Like, if you're going to be doing those bold sweeping things, you can't just chalk it up to like, 
you know, magical real it. They do. We're just it's there. not being magical realist. It's not at all. You can't fucking do that in this it's kind of not, film. This is yeah, Last the, Christmas. The, the, like, ma- <laughs> the magic of everyone just forgetting how terrible a mother Ricky is. Yeah, yeah, or how time and space works and that you can't just suddenly appear and teleport. Like, I want to see them, yeah, running out of that car and getting their instruments of like, hurry, hurry, we think the reception's here. here. Yeah, so, like, yeah. gotta give the yeah. energy. The flash appears. Yeah. Um, and then this whole scene, like, it also so, takes yeah. eight ages for them to set up which is realistic and is very awkward well, <laughs> but then another extremely um, untrue thing is she says I'm going to play a song by Bruce Springsteen and when she starts playing all the old people are like what? and by old we're looking at people when they're you know 50s yeah 60, who like, would have been old, who would have been into Bruce, Bruce Springsteen, Springsteen fan demographic and, and they're, they're all, all sort of like frowning oh, not oh, understanding what is, what's going what on it's, one person like put, she puts her hands over her ears yeah. and they're like oh the, no the, the extra who is about to leave he had a whole like supporting role of like <laughs> that, that's the dad yes. of Emily I think oh, right. uh, alright um they were too rich for Bruce Springsteen. They were not working class like Ricky. Right. Yeah. One of the few not Meryl Streep roles who are, like where she's playing someone, you know, who's not true, kind true. of bougie or fabulous. Yeah. I mean, Ricky's, yeah. Ricky's fabulous in a different way, but, you know, yeah. uh, working class, I guess. But, yeah. But there's a, um, yeah, it's, it's just this long, there's a long period, even though, like, the band are good. Like, they're yeah, doing a good job. Good. She's yeah. good and at singing. It, it takes them a while. And it was, I guess, even when Sebastian Stan, like, gets Emily up and they seem to be enjoying it. Yeah. Emily, who has well, been Emily the has toughest been like, no, not to crack. No, I'm not getting up and dancing. We prepared our yeah. first dance, which I do. I do I'm like, yeah. okay, that's clearly you've, you've choreographed a routine yeah. for your first dance, you know, like that is a bit annoying. Yeah. Um, but, but then, then when they she's up, up, they start dancing. They're she's giggling, like, they're yeah. laughing, they're if, swinging if, each other around. If the bride, who is the toughest not to crack this whole time, if the bride is, is in favour, the bride and the groom are having, uh, having a dance, everybody else has Everybody's got to enjoy it as well. You've all got to. And eventually that does happen. But it takes an awful long time. It takes like most of the song before everybody a dances. Long time. And then they do another song straight afterwards. Yeah. And Desmond <laughs> like, and Adam come up like basically once the tide has turned, and it was like, you guys should have been the first up there. Yeah, like, come on. Desmond, you, can... you were trying to support yeah. <laughs> you said you like Ricky. Like, come on, queers. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Do we have anything else to talk about for Ricky this film. and The Flash? Um. <laughs> I love Kevin Klein, and I was Did really, really no, not in oh, this. Not in this I love movie. him as an actor. I think he's a bit over the top and hammy, but kind of interesting. Yeah, in a fun way. But um, and I was really hyped to see another film of his because I want to catch up on his back catalogue a bit more. Um, and he was just so boring here. Like just because it's he, not a good role for him. Just because he looks like an old man that could be a waspy kind of person yeah, like that doesn't a, mean you cast him in a really boring it's nothing wrong quite funny though because like we looked up don gummer and he <laughs> kevin klein looks like don That's gummer you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i'm like i would like if you told me that mamie gummer was the child of one of the actual parents in this yeah, movie i would be like klein. it's kevin klein's it's daughter, klein. clearly <laughs> and it's mamie klein is still a better name than mamie gummer <laughs> yeah yeah and it's funny sebastian sand looks like he could be the son of Meryl Streep more than like Mamie yeah. Gummer looks like yeah. the daughter of Meryl Streep. Also, Sebastian Stein looks fine in this film. I'm just gonna have to say that. That's one. He looks good. Me. He doesn't have a ton to do. Yeah. Um, he was certainly on on stage on the, on the screen. <laughs> I mean, he didn't have a big <laughs> role. He was screen. definitely there yeah. on the shoot. I'm not gonna have to stand on this one, but you know, like it's, uh, it's not a stand-worthy God. performance. What if what the stands of Sebastian Stan call themselves? Are they just like stand stands or just yes. stands? The stands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, the Stands would be a good band name. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, right. I want to just say, um, I, I, I feel bad for if I if I implied that people that get design Tonys are bad because <laughs> 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 everybody made fun. Um, okay. I just want to say, like, it's an, it's its own issue, but there are fewer of them in the in that work on Broadway regularly, and so there is it, it is a different um, position in yeah. terms of trying to get those Tony awards. But that's its own problem. There should be more pipelines for more diverse opportunities in the uh, design realms of the Tonys. Yeah, on Broadway. Absolutely. One thing I do want to say is that it's funny that like Ra- Randy <laughs> Ricky has been living in <laughs> Randy. <laughs> <laughs> It's Randy. Randy in the flash. Yeah. It's Randy in the gash. That's, that's, that's. Um, so Ricky has been living in like um, Moe's shadow this whole time. She's Moe's better at everything. So like when she goes up and sings. I can do one thing better. And yeah. That is and to me, I'm just like, what if Audra McDonald was just like, hold up. Actually. Hold up. <laughs> let me get oh, the mic. Excuse damn. me. Do you want this oh. in my voice or in a pitch perfect impression of Billie Holiday? Well, I can do both. What I really um, loved about that Ladies Who Lunch is it had Christine Baranski and then it had Meryl Streep and then it knew that the third one was Audra. And it's like the tr- the, the, the the Trump card was Audra McDonald. Because, yeah. you know. Yeah. Because you know your audience as well. Like, yeah. This, you know. <laughs> I guess oh, I mean it's the three realms, right? It's like it's movie, musical, uh, mu- movie theater and TV. Christine Baranski being... I wouldn't say the queen of TV, but she's, you know, a grand dame of TV, I would say. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, should we get to bag or barefoot? I think we should. Bag or boot. <laughs> right. Um, I'll go first. Um, I really didn't like this film. <laughs> I thought it was bad. I thought the writing was really, sh- you know, it just wasn't really. Yep. I was about to say don't shocking. don't swear on this podcast. Um, <laughs> Are we allowed to swear in this podcast? <laughs> and uh, I, I just thought it was very tonally mismatched. I enjoyed Meryl in the role, but unfortunately the role was not a star mm. performance. It was like a oh, performance. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh. Well, that's in the back catalog. Ooh la la. <laughs> um, if we were to, because I'm just going to think about the previous Meryl Streep roles that we've looked at, and we've just got one so far in this, um, I probably preferred her Donna. Um, mm. out of the two. Um, but that's probably because I prefer Mamma Mia a little bit more. Um, yeah, it's a biff. It's just bad. Um, I'm really sad that it's Demi's last film. Demi's a very talented person. Diablo Cody is a very talented, um, writer. I, and does she direct as well? I'm not sure. Uh, no, I don't, I don't think, think so. so. Um, I don't think so. Very talented writer. But this writer. felt like it was not her last draft of the, it should have no. not, not yeah. have been her last draft of this film. No. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Uh, Audrey doesn't get enough to do. And give Kevin Klein mm. more funny roles. Have you seen Fish Called Wanda? He's good. Beth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can go next. Um, uh, yeah, it was bad. <laughs> but I, uh, I kind of enjoyed it. Like, at some point I was kind of enjoying it in an ironic sense. I was like, this is dumb. Like, um, But that's not enough. I think I, I'll give Meryl a bag. Because I here's my take on Meryl Letter Street Letter Street Letter Day Meryl Streep. I enjoy her when she's in movie star mode. Like I enjoy her in Mamma Mia. I enjoy her in this. She doesn't have to like, you know, be Miss Iron Lady. She doesn't have to be Miss Doubt. She didn't have to be Miss. I do enjoy her in August Osage County. So I'm not gonna be, uh, you know, biffing that. 
Um, spoilers. Spoilers for August Osage County. <laughs> I mean, the performance. Uh, I see. Okay. Performance. Um, the film, I haven't seen in a while, so, you know, we'll I see. I've seen that film. Um, yeah. yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky uh, and the Flash, more like Randy. Get the bash. Ricky <laughs> <laughs> no. in the bin. <laughs> don't I don't <laughs> don't stand by that. Grimes <laughs> made him say oh that. Yeah, it's a from me too. <laughs> I just I've got a yeah. All round Beth. It was an all round Beth. It was just like uh, this is the thing is I feel Randy. like now I'm basically judging my bag or Beth by like was I bored. And I was definitely bored for well, last part like of this on film. her phone for like a lot. Yeah, there were a lot of periods where I was just like, "What's on Twitter? <laughs> What's going on here?" And it's just yeah, like I thought Meryl did a pretty good job. She was mm. a lot of fun, but I just like some weak writing, very weak. Yeah, and um, we entertained ourselves with how bad some scenes were, yeah. like yeah. that pot scene and that bit where um, Mamie was nodding through the Shit window. Goes pot. Just throughout <laughs> a lot of scenes where people would just be like, well, you were never here. Well, I tried my best, but I had to follow my dreams. And like they would just have these arguments where they just say yeah. their characters' motivations. And I'm like, that is like... That's your first script level writing, mm. like yeah. it's which yeah is, is a bit disappointing when you've got a screenwriter who I think has got some you know like has written some really interesting things in the past. Yeah, um, mm. if you want to see another um, performance uh, film like this, um, like even just the scene alone of that dishwasher scene and Rachel getting married just like spins circles uh, around us, and they mm. don't need a single word for it. Obviously, they're being like, "Oh, do it, improv," but you, they're not actually. You know, it's it's plotting. Because it's not just dialogue; it's thinking around like, what does the scene actually need? Not just what yeah. wacky wackadoodle thing can I say? Give Audra McDonald more film roles. Get, give her better film roles than this, yeah. where she's very underwritten. She is an O away from EGOT. Get yes. her that O. And like, you know, if you're thinking like film movie star like she looks like a movie star she is i'm surprised she hasn't like penetrated film more often yeah like on screen she's usually like you know in private practice and i think she's in the good fight like she does tv stuff she kind of shows up in tv shows that shoot in new york the same Mm. way a lot of oh i guess yeah i guess if they're in new york yeah that makes sense (laughs) it's why like all broadway people are always in law and order because they shoot it in new york the christine audra connection the good fight Mm. i just got it Mm. Mm. I'm pleased. Yeah, I want to see a film with her. Like, what if she's, like, the oh, sister of Viola Davis? Well, she's going to be playing, um, you know, Aretha Franklin's mother in the upcoming Respect. Mm. Uh, but I do not trust Jennifer Hudson when she's not singing. Oh, is Jennifer Hudson playing Aretha? Yeah. Mm. And I know it's mm. weird. They're doing the Aretha Genius miniseries with Cynthia Erivo on TV, so it's going to have Ooh. a comparison. Drama. I've got to say, when I saw Jennifer Hudson and Cynthia Erivo in Color Purple, Jennifer Hudson was my, my weak link in there the you cast. Go. Yeah. <laughs> um, you Cynthia know, may she can be a, sing. a diva, but she. she yeah, Cynthia has said some questionable things in the past, Ooh, about, which, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, we, yeah. <laughs> which we don't stand by. <laughs> no, no, Cynthia. Uh, but she is good at yeah. acting and singing. Yeah. <laughs> I have to. I, I, I will never I'll, see Harriet unless it's for this podcast. I'll so. ask off pod. I can't remember what that stuff is right now. Yeah. All right. Um, so if you want to follow us on um, Mixed Bag, you can follow us on Mixed Bag Podcast on uh, Twitter, Mixed Bag. I can't remember which ones they are, but they're either Mixed Bag Pod or Mixed Bag Podcast. <laughs> it's, it's pretty fucking simple, guys. Just have a, <gasps> have a look. 
We swear on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and uh, just another reminder that uh, Apocalypse Songs is up uh, to listen to. It is up on all major networks, podcasting networks, um, Spotify, on um, Apple Podcasts, on all the other random ones. Um, whatever your fave is, it's there. Um, and yeah, we've put a lot of work into it and we're really keen um, to show it to you. And that wouldn't have been achieved without our wonderful cast and our wonderful crew. Um, uh, and what you're hearing orally is a lot different and a lot more technically complicated um, than something like this and that was oh, through yeah. the help of um, Katie Morton who um, uh, composed uh, Patrick Barnes who is our audio engineer and Maxwell Ups um, who is editing and editing. sound design yeah. mm. um, and then a whole lot of fantastic actors which is, have all done incredible performances yeah well that's it for Ricky and the Flash a different kind of apocalypse but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It does not work. I'm sorry. Different kind of songs. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're both musicians. Right. So what are we doing okay. next week? I can't remember. We didn't make a decision. But you'll know. It'll, it'll have Meryl in it. <laughs> well, next week we won't have a podcast. But Next next episode. Yeah. Next in episode. Two weeks time. You know what we can promise? Meryl Streep, bitch. Maybe, maybe something maybe. dramatic. Yeah. Considering some candidates. Yeah. Okay. Well, bye. Thanks for listening. You like those flicks? Come get your fix in a podcast called Mixed Bag.